family-owned shop in Loganville, Sosby's Garage, for all your automotive repair needs. We service all makes and models, Ford and domestic. We repair engines, alternators, brakes, alignments, AC systems, and more, using certified technicians with over 90 years of combined experience. We also offer same-day service for some repairs. Sosby's Garage, 200 Bay Creek Road in Loganville. Dependable, honest, and fair. Look us up on Google or Facebook. We'll take good care of you. Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio inside the Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel, it's time for Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. We are the cornerstone of security in the Southeast. Hey, everybody. I'm your host, Rick Strong, the president of Paradigm Security Services, and I want to welcome you all to Case in Point, presented by Paradigm. We are excited to be with you today on Business X, Business Radio X, and we're coming to you from the Subaru Gwinnett studio located in the beautiful Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. If you would, on whatever podcast you're listening to this, please hit that subscribe button for me so you, I know you're there and everybody else knows you're there. Each week we plan to feature businesses in the Atlanta area, especially those that serve Gwinnett County. All businesses have security concerns, not all are about physical security, and we'll touch base on that and all related aspects in some way or the other through the course of each show of security. Our guest today, very happy to have Mr. Johnny Christ, uh, former Lilburn mayor and current uh, politician, uh, man of God, and a little bit of everything else. Um, Johnny, I appreciate you being here. Hey, I'm a wannabe politician. There you go. I'm a nothing. No, you were a mayor, so that made you a politician, like <laughs> I think it or that, not. Yeah, I think you wear that forever, It's what I'm told. I'll yeah. be Mayor Johnny. You, you'll forever, be Mayor forever. Johnny yeah. forever and a day. But my uh, the new mayor is calling me his ex. <laughs> yeah, I bet he is. Hey, ex, yeah. Well, let me ask you this, since mm-hmm. you brought up that. Exactly who is Johnny Christ? A lot of people know you around here, but a lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. And, you know, where'd you come from? Where were you born? What? Ah. How long you been here? <laughs> Very Don't fair. want to know too much, but just enough. <laughs> uh, there you go. Well, interestingly, I was born in uh, York, Pennsylvania, um, and from Mennonite parents. My mother was Amish, believe it or not. And uh, when we were kids, we were never allowed to put our hand over our heart and pledge to the flag because we were Christians and church people, and you just pledged to God, never to the country. And so... I have a completely non-political background growing up in an agricultural community, educated all my life in the Mennonite tradition, in uh, Mennonite high school, Mennonite college, Mennonite seminary, and uh, I've been uh, seven generations of pastors, uh, wow. grandparents, uh, and on on back. They were lay pastors, you know, they go out in the cornfields in the day and milk and then come in at night and preach. Hey, that that works. It it definitely keeps you busy all day long and most of the night. (laughs) That's for sure. Well, after we had um, figured out that when we got married that I was really destined for being a pastor. There was no question about it. I wanted to be. It was awesome. So I went to graduate school, got a doctorate, and we um, started thinking about where are we going to go to when you pastor a church? Where do you go to pastor a church? Mm -hmm. And here's my crazy, silly flesh being raised in pennsylvania we went to graduate school in la 
I never wanted to shovel snow again in my life. I can hear and you. And I said, I need a place where I can get up and go about business and not have to shovel snow. Here's, here's what happens, Rick, when you shovel snow. You work all day or all morning to get your driveway, and then the snow plow comes, and then he blows, blows it, it right on, on back in. It's <laughs> like, why am I doing this for, the, for all my life? So we got really connected to the uh, south. In the Anything sun south of the Mason-Dixon line is great. It is, yes. And I, I have been born north of the Mason-Dixon line. In fact, when our children uh, determined that they were going to be, when they were going off to college, I sat them down and I got a picture of the map of the East Coast. And I drew a picture right on the Mason-Dixon line, or a, a line across the Mason-Dixon line, a line on the Mississippi River. And I said, when you marry, you may not marry anybody outside but these lines. Really <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, that's a pretty good idea. Uh, they also get pretty down here, too. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I, I'm familiar with Mennonite when I traveled uh transporting juveniles troubled juveniles and stuff we used to go buy a lot of the Mennonite stuff out west mm -hmm. and it, it's a very interesting way of life uh to say the least a lot of hard work a lot of hard They're, work i'm very grateful for the uh, ethics that my parents uh, breathed into my life well you know doing all that why would you ever want to go into something like this like running for a, an mm -hmm. office uh, in, in, up as a politician mm -hmm. when i was a kid uh, being raised in southeast pennsylvania we were about 10 miles from the maryland line so york and lancaster county that's very close we call it southern pennsylvania for um, the Cherry Blossom Festival, for our high school outings, for fun, we went to Washington, D.C. It was just what we did. We didn't go to, well, we went to a couple of games of the, uh, in Baltimore, but mm -hmm. Washington, because of the Cherry Blossom Festival, because of the events that go on there, my folks took me to Washington as a little boy, and I remember just being impacted by the buildings, seeing the White House, being in the Washington Monument, Lincoln Memorial, the Mall, the Jefferson. The, a lot of granite the, marble. It's unbelievable. That marked me. And I remember when I was a high school kid, I walked across the street with Bobby Kennedy. We, he just happened to be going from building to building, and I was there on the sidewalk, and I looked to my right, and here he is. Wow. And we actually walked. And I just thought there's something different about this community than the community I'm raised in. Uh, we love each other and we work hard, but these people are kind of setting a standard and that just marked me as a kid. And so when we moved to Lilburn, we just looked for a house. We got touched by a, a concept of living debt free. So you don't have eight children. Do you know that? No, I did not. And that's no. a lot of kids. That's a lot of kids. And they're all ours and they're all single births and no twins. And it, it, we just felt that we're a kid family and homeschool family we were pretty concerned. yeah you had a lot of time to do yeah don't even go there just <laughs> just say that's that's interesting johnny that's very interesting very interesting so johnny. we <laughs> we looked for a home that we could buy debt free we had a house in peachtree corners we sold it got enough equity to be able to buy a house i had a hundred thousand dollars and i had to buy a house and we just stumbled over a historic home in downtown Lilburn, the old homes are where they are. You know, you don't move them around. Nope. They, they just are there. And ours is directly across from the city park. We bought it for cash. It reminded us of home, all the historicity of Maryland, 
Philadelphia, Lancaster, York, First Continental the Congress. Small in-town stuff. Yep, the village kind of community. So directly across in the city park, I went to the city hall, which was also across the street from my home, and I would make little speeches when zoning issues came up. We were going to put a, a, a garage downtown, and I went over during the public comment time. I said, hey, I appreciate the city council for the work you do, but uh, I don't think this is the place for a garage. We're a historic bedroom, lovely little village. Let's keep it. Let's restore it. Let's bring keep that aura. And I, I, I did that a number of times, and uh, I got back to my seat, and people would say, why don't you run? <laughs> and I'm like, because I'm a pastor. I've got eight kids. I'm restoring a house, and I never. I'm busy. Took a, I'm busy, <laughs> and I don't. I've never taken a class in political science, so I kept putting that off. And finally, the, sure you did. You have a degree in religion. in theology. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> a doctorate in theology, and has nothing to do with. <laughs> and so finally, I said, "Okay, I'll run." So here's here's my story, Rick. I went over to City Hall during qualification. I paid a hundred dollars. Nobody ran against me. That's a good way to get elected. That's a crazy way to get elected. I thought I'll pacify everybody by running, and then I won't do such a good job on campaigning, and I'll get defeated, and I'll say, hey, that's Hey, good. I ran. I ran, but I won. As soon as I won, uh, when I was sworn in, uh, because I've been a pastor for so long, and, and in seminary you learn a lot of Greek and Hebrew, and you learn a lot of biblical stuff, but they don't teach you how to be a small business owner. You know, I had, well, I was, well, our budget at the church was $2.5 million annually. I had 20 employees. We had a pretty large congregation. So I started studying books about leadership. How in the world do businesses grow? Why do some businesses grow? Why do others fail? What is it about a leadership structure, a teamwork, and all those sort of things? So when I got to the city hall, I said, I think I ought to lead this. I think I'm really equipped because we didn't have at that point a five-year plan, a strategy, we didn't have it a was just a year to year day to day that's the way and so then i got into uh into being mayor and it all started with a house buying a house <laughs> led me down well just path. out of curiosity yeah. what year was that uh, that we purchased the home 1984 and how much did you pay for that hundred thousand dollars wow yeah. i remember that that go back a little something? farther i think my parents paid nineteen thousand <laughs> for theirs in roswell <laughs> it was like wow I look yeah. back. Well, yes. you know, why did you ever really leave the pastoral ministry to get into the dirty world of politics? I'm sorry you asked that question. I know you are. Because our congregants are asking that question <laughs> as well. And I'll here's where I, I feel the, the tension of I stood in front of the church and I said, hey, I am running for mayor, but don't worry. I'm still going to be. I am going to be your pastor. This is what God's called me to do. I am a lifelonger, a lifelong pastor. This is what I prepared for. This is what God's gifted me for. And don't ever worry. Well, when I swore in to being mayor, it took about a month. And I thought, oh, my goodness, I can't do both of these well. And this is occupying my thoughts. To be able to restore a city, to bring new life to a city, to bring uh, cities are more than just streets and roads and sidewalks cities are collections of people and so i wanted to put together public art and bring in uh, music and and festivals and all the things that make a city and and beauty and ambiance and all that sort yeah, of all thing. that all that stuff that you just can't do when you're standing in front of a crowd 
and put up a pulpit. So I got pregnant with the whole concept of transforming a city, and I had an instant fun event that I had a city manager and money. You know, as a pastor, you have to go, you're asking for money, and you have an executive, you have a team, but I felt the weight was on me, but now with a city manager and staff, it was really, it was just fun. I can't describe it anything else but fun. It's all goal-oriented at that time. Yep, and I don't have many gifts. I don't bring a whole lot to the table. Here's what I do bring. <laughs> I bring vision. I'm a visionary. I wasn't going to point that <laughs> out. <laughs> Thank you. You're so kind. This is really good for my ego here. Um, all I can do, Rick, is I'm an incredible vid- visionary. I see things, and I don't It's just a gift. And then I'm an influencer. I have some ability that people want to be around this and then I mobilize I can get people to move. and those three just uh, col- just making a collision with the city it was a wonderful wonderful vortex that just brought new life to the city well, it worked it, like, it really worked. it worked because yeah. y'all got all you, when you were there there was a tremendous transformation in mm-hmm. Melbourne I mean it was it was awesome to watch I felt like I had a hundred year old city I was waking from a deep sleep Mm-hmm. And it was fun. It was, and everybody was on board for the changes, most likely. I mean, we put roundabouts in. Some people still, if you go there now, they're still spinning around and trying to figure out how to get out of yeah, them. Yeah, I but was one of them last week. Oh, for the most part, people liked what we did. But um, it, it was a transition that I felt that I was following God's purpose for my life. And I resigned from the church and gave 100%. Here's what I think about a mayor in a city. A mayor is the public face of a city. So mm-hmm. um, that's where I was just asking you, Rick, where did we meet? We met on a CID uh, event. So I attended everything. I thought my role is to be the face of this city and to bring the vision to the people. So I went to every meeting, the Chamber of Commerce, I'd, every lunch, every bus tour, every peer tour, um, CID meetings that weren't even in in anything with our have anything to do with our city every learning experience every gma meeting i just threw myself at the process you reminded me a lot of melvin everson yeah <laughs> every melvin. time you look up melvin <laughs> is melvin. somewhere and he just never he can be uh, 200 miles away yeah in 15 minutes when he was 200 miles away the other way yeah but that's that's he'll, like he'll, you you're yeah. you're active you're very involved you, and it's not just about being the face of it it's being the pulse, having your finger on the pulse and being the heart of it. Absolutely. And getting things, giving it CPR. Yeah, I felt I had a congregation of 13,000 people. Exactly. That we were going to bring um, anger to an when I, and this is crazy, This, if you think about how a pastor looks. When I look on a Sunday morning, I want every seat filled. Mm-hmm. I want the thing to grow. When you go to city council meetings, you want it to shrink. When I came to city council, it's full, and it's full of angry people, people wearing badges, T-shirts that are saying, I'm not And over the years, we saw the decline of people coming to city council meetings, and I felt incredibly affirmed by that, that the city didn't have to look over the shoulder of their leaders. They had trust, they had confidence, and we were going the right way. And uh, through those eight years, never one time would I ever allow a tax increase to come to the table 
because well, that's, a, that's an absolute positive yeah because i have to live in a budget at home with eight kids i couldn't just say hey i want more money in here no i had to live with what i had well you had to pay part of that money as well <laughs> yeah. and with eight kids yeah you know you don't need more for sure <laughs> well yeah. i would say yeah. that that pretty well answers a question that i have is what makes do you think you're up for the challenge of being elected to the state house but you know, how do you look at it? You know, that seems like it's a pretty good preparation and mm -hmm. uh, a stage for getting there. Should I have the immense pleasure of serving at the State House, I would be one of four mayors who would be a part of the General Assembly. Now, in the, in the uh, state of Georgia, we have the third largest General Assembly of any state. We have 180 members. It's huge. And only four, from what I have been told, are would be mayors and a lot of issues come before the uh, the chamber or the council wait a minute wait, wait, wait not the council <laughs> before the assembly the legislative body that have to do with zoning issues that have to do with standards issue there was a bill last year of a good fr a friend a guy that I really like uh, representative uh, Vance and he put together an architectural standards. He wanted to lift all the standards yep, off. Yep, I remember that. And I, I spoke against it. So I've been pretty involved the last four sessions. Mm -hmm. I've been there um, serving every day. And so I know a lot of, I have a lot of friends there. It's not foreign territory to me. And it's just, it feels like, well, the fact that I'm doing this is because I got asked to do it. I was fat, dumb, and happy being mayor. I just got elected to my third term. I was unopposed. And three weeks after the election I got a call from Clay Cox who was our representative for a number of terms and he called and said Johnny would you, and I'll, re, I'll quote exactly what he said Johnny would you get off the bench and run for House District 108 and my first I had two contradictory thoughts first one I'm so honored that the former representative would affirm or call or say I would be his pick his business was taking him on a lot of travel mm -hmm. out west, and he said he couldn't do it. But then secondly, he said, would you get off the bench? And you thought you'd been off the bench. I thought, wait a minute, being, is, do you see this as being on the bench? <laughs> this is an important Off the sidelines and get busy, boy. <laughs> yeah, but I, now I see. I mean, this is a huge, huge undertaking. There are 50,000 people in this district, 13,000 are in the city, so, and it's a vast amount of real estate between being the city of Lilburn, and this does include Lilburn, but includes so much more. It's well, Lilburn is extremely diverse, just like the mm -hmm. rest of Gwinnett County. Mm -hmm. So you've got a lot of different thoughts, a lot of different views, mm -hmm. a lot of different positions. You can't make everybody happy. But you don't have. But I'm you don't trying. have to tick everybody off either. <laughs> so you know the the biggest thing is looking at it from a perspective like you did with Mayor. What is good for the city mm -hmm. and the populace as a whole, and then you can take that from the position of being in the state legislature. What is best for my district as a whole? And I've found that even people that have disagreements at times with that. When they step back from it and look at the big picture, you can get them on board. Mm -hmm. A lot of it has to do with the person that's selling it, how they how they present it, you know, the emotion they have in it, the heart they feel in it. When you feel like they're honestly believing it, mm -hmm. it makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. That's the aura that you give when you present something is you present it when you honestly believe it, and it transmits. So I think that's, what's, that's what helps you out a lot in – both, well, as, as a pastor, as a mayor, and 
possibly as a delegate or as yeah. a member of the House. Well, that was very well said. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> glad somebody appreciates me once in a while. Well, I guess there's so much going on right now. Um, what are the political issues that keep you awake at night? Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a couple of things that are what I think, um, and I'm going to come at this from a perspective of being a Christian. When we allow abortion to dominate our thinking, and which is murdering children, absolutely, and we sing God Bless America, I ask some fundamental questions. Are we pulling a, is, is that really consistent? Do those two go together? And so I would be a very pro-life guy. Um, the heartbeat bill was signed into law last year and I was there the night that it was signed into law and I saw some things on the floor that were making, uh, in fact, here's what happened, that bill, you know, uh, with 180 members you need 90 plus mm-hmm. one, you need 91 members to do anything to move it and it, we got 92 votes, <laughs> it passed by <laughs> two votes. Yeah, well, the important was, things it passed. It was razor sharp. And I sat in the chamber that night looking down on the floor and I prayed this little prayer. I said, God, it, what I do as mayor is a lot of fun, it's, but I think that's more important. I'm dealing with sidewalks and environments, but that's dealing with life or death. And I thought there are a lot of rules, laws, uh, not rules, laws that come into effect that are just, mm-hmm. and we have a, a justice issue to uh, serve. And I just happen to think that uh, tr- human trafficking is very important. Uh, is so against the heart of a human being to have and to not turn our direct attention to that. Now the governor's wife is really giving that a long, a, fantastic, a, a good job. work. The whole work of uh, having um, uh, foster care system has to work well. Our juvenile system and our, our drug epidemic. These are social issues and I suspect any committee, should I have the immense pleasure of serving, I suspect I would get on social committee issues. And, and well, You're a people person. Yeah. And your your causes tend to be people oriented. Yes, exactly. And that's what we need right now is that, that touch of people orientation rather than just infrastructure or, mm-hmm. you know, how's your toilet running, yeah, you know. Roads and bridges. Yeah, roads and bridges. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think yeah. it's very important to be in that position. Um, as yeah. you go through this, you're going to be really looking at Gwinnett County. Mm-hmm. So would you say that Gwinnett County is the primary thing on your mind or, or not? <laughs> I love that question. (laughs) I love my community. (laughs) I'm all in for Gwinnett County. (laughs) Good answer. What what I found when I started this process, Rick, I thought, you know, I am going to get rid of everything that occupies my life right now. I'm going to give 100% of Johnny Crist to this campaign. And so I just in the middle of the night one night, I had this dream and I thought golf cart. I need a golf cart because I'm gonna, I wanna knock on doors. I wanna be full time knocking on doors. And so 
In the middle of the winter, I purchased a street legal golf cart with lights and horns and, and all that, so it can, I can go up to 20, I can go on a 35 mile an hour road or under, but I got a trailer for it. And our campaign manager gave me a walk list Mm-hmm. So I can I know the streets and houses are going to, and I just wrote it down when I came in this morning. I wrote down how many doors I've knocked on so far, and as of yesterday, I've knocked on fifty four hundred fifty four doors. Yeah, and that's, for, for that's, those that have it, that's five five thousand four hundred fifty four. Yeah. So every day, I get the golf cart out of my garage. I go to a subdivision that's on my app, and I do 50 doors a day yesterday or two days ago I did 69 but and I did this every day all summer I'm totally worn out Uh, I I am so glad (laughs) that you brought up about the knocking doors because I know as a as a voter and that I would much prefer that the person be knocking on the door and introducing themselves Mm -hmm. I had an occasion with my son-in-law to where I was supporting a candidate but the other candidate came and knocked on his door. And as much as I was telling that candidate, you need to get out and knock doors, my son-in-law, as much as he respects me and as much as I threatened to shoot him, <laughs> I'm going for the other guy. Uh, he voted for the other person. Yeah. And he said what made the difference was his, his eye-to-eye contact, shaking his hand, and asking him for his vote. Yep. And Huge that, difference. That's, that's an amazing difference. Huge I'm glad difference. to see that that's one of you, been one of your main focuses. It's been the main focus. But what has happened to me, Rick, in that 5,400 door knocks? And I've, I don't take volunteers with me. Every now and then somebody will say, may I go with you? You told me a story about one of the volunteers that caused you to be doing it yourself. Yes, uh, the volunteer, a wonderful person, went up to the door, and I overheard. I'm sitting in the golf cart about 40 feet away on the curb there at the front door, and I heard the volunteer say, would you like to meet him? And the person said no. <laughs> and I'm 40 feet away. Ouch. <laughs> and I thought if I were up there, right, if I was in that position, I would already have met them. So exactly. I just think this person, and everybody wants to ride in the golf cart, you know, because we got water on there and it's a lot of fun. We've got some music. and But doing it alone, I, I like when somebody goes to a door that nobody's home. You know, you can run up there and put that. But I want to meet people and mm-hmm. so many people have just registered your story that i like that guy well i don't like him I'm, i mean maybe I do. i'm willing to tolerate willing him because <laughs> he actually looked me in the eye and asked for me for my vote yeah yeah i got gotcha. you yeah and it's just um uh, and what what has happened though to, to reflect back on your actual question rick you said what is it about gwinnett county here's mm-hmm. what i've discovered i have never been fully immersed in the gwinnett in the district 108 until I started this. I've been in subdivisions I never knew existed, streets that I had no idea where they go. People of, uh, to see the color of the tapestry of our communities and everybody's in it. Mm -hmm. There's no rioting. There's no, I mean, a person stands on it traditionally, they'll say, hey, this neighborhood's really changed. That guy's from Somalia over in that house. They're from India right there. These people were here since 1970. I built the first. And they're all in the streets. Mm-hmm. And here's what I've noticed. This is a very interesting discovery. People are building decks on their front porch, not their back porch. 
people are wanting that conversation to occur somebody some mom walking her baby down the street or a person walking their dog and we want interaction and so i've just seen neighborhood after neighborhood of all of this um, uh, interaction and has just thrilled my soul big houses in, in major subdivisions with houses that are just million dollar homes or in lower income neighborhoods and everybody's living life together it's just been a wonderful well, discovery and that's the people thing with you again and luckily this yeah it's a very close-knit community with Gwinnett a lot of like I said a lot of diverse opinions um, I mean all you have to do is throw up traffic mm -hmm. uh, traffic and transportation you can find every different opinion in the world and some of them good and some of them not so good that that uh, issues not come to the platter very much because yeah. everybody's at home exactly <laughs> so nobody cares about traffic yeah. right now. we're not we're not involved rush hour right now what rush hour uh, yeah. although it is getting back to rush hour again it i is. can tell you well you mentioned your mennonite background mm -hmm. i would assume that that gives you a pretty good background in the agricultural end of it if i went to an agricultural luncheon uh, in january before covid hit and I am going to ask to be on the Agricultural Committee, should I have the immense pleasure of uh, serving. Um, those are my people. And <laughs> well, you understand. You, I, you've been there. You've done that. I understand long days on a tractor. Yeah. <laughs> I understand bringing in uh, and the, the issues of uh, smells in, uh, and cattle mm -hmm. and the difficulty of hired labor. You know, a cow doesn't take a day off from needing to be milked twice a day morning and 7:30 at night you've got to milk mm -hmm. and so a farmer i can just say to my wife is having hey babe let's go to uh, sand destin for a couple of days but a farmer can't do nope. that unless he prepares and has He's confidence got somebody there to do, take that care of his, <laughs> his herd of cows are going to be milked that milk is going to be stored in the proper storing equipment so that when the tanker comes to pick it up it won't be rejected and to have make sure the cows are fed and that there's enough grain and it's going to be put it's an amazingly complex and system and these farmers now are getting the farms are getting large very large and because of the uh the growth uh, subdivisions are getting close to them now and so there's a lot of wars going on about impervious runoff and yep. and the things that happen in an agricultural community and i just want to stand with our farmers because they make the backbone of of georgia work well a lot of people don't realize that they think think well everything is me me mechanized now mm -hmm. i mean everything runs on machinery and it's just that blah blah that's great, but you have to have people that bring the cattle in. You have to have people that put them in the stall. You have to, it's not a the cows don't work on on automatic. Yeah. They've still got to be led, still got to be cared for, and all that is still yeah. the same as it was 200 well, years ago. Have you seen the rotunda milkers? No, I haven't. It's an amazing, amazing. You have to have a larger operation, but cows. Uh, gear up out in the corral or mm -hmm. out in the little holding area the doors open you know, a cow uh, wants it's to be habit. milked you know that it's just uncomfortable so they want to get rid of that they want to offload all the milk and so they come up to a platform maybe six or eight at a time it's moving it's a rotunda it, it'll hold probably 40 cows they walk up to it 
then the uh, farmer, somebody has to put the milkers from the stanchion. They mm -hmm. have to put them up. And uh, then the cow is taking this journey, and it's just moving like the uh, hotel downtown, the restaurant of the, what's yeah. the name of the one at the top? And Polaris. Polaris, and by the time they get to the end of the cycle, the, uh, they're, they're wiped down, and, and then they leave. And the cows are doing that themselves now. Taking a stroll and <laughs> milking at the and same can't time. can't wait Man. to be the first Exer one on the Exer ladder. Exercise and milking at the same time. That yeah. works. You need to see one of those operations. It's amazing. I, I will make it a point to. <laughs> um, you know, it takes a lot of help, especially for a newcomer mm -hmm. in the house. Mm -hmm. Do you have anybody that's there, that um, any friends at the Capitol, and, and, and that are going to help you get this started? That's what has been one of the most amazing parts of this journey, that uh, I went out and I thought, I can't do this alone, so I need to hire a campaign organization that knows how to do a campaign. Because when I was mayor, I did it myself. I made my own literature. I did my mail outs and talked to a couple other mayors. How do you do this? Get a couple of signs, stick them in the ground. But this is far more. Mm -hmm. vast than that and I had no idea how much it was going to cost and so I've been I, I've been back in the learning process and I thought I'm going to sit at the feet of those who have already done this and so I began by uh, interviewing a couple of campaign organizations and chose one and said okay let's go for this and they said Johnny you have to raise money and my first response is how do you do that mm -hmm. And he said, list a bunch of people you know have money and then go ask them. I'm like. You well, you're get, a preacher now. You, you ought to be used to asking for money. You should be. But here's one. <laughs> it is as different. A, as a pastor, I'm asking for building a school in Russia, helping pastors get to conferences in Africa, building dormitories for kids that don't have homes in other countries. That's an easy ask. Or even let's put a, let's build an extension onto this building. Those are easy. But when you come up to somebody and say, hi, can you give me, me money? money? Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather different. be Joan of Arc going to the guillotine. You know, <sighs> that is just not a fun experience. So I had this little idea. When my wife, when Ann and I got married, we sent out a Christmas card picture. When we got engaged, our engagement picture, then our wedding picture, and then every year for the last year or two, every, we would add another child to the Christmas card picture, so we, now there are all 10 of us on there. And so we've developed a Christmas card list. Big card. Big card <laughs> and a big list. So I said, I'm going to write to my friends, my old college friends, my seminary friends, our friends down the street on this Christmas card list. So I had the list printed out. And Ann sat down and said, you can't write to them. You can't write to them. You can't write to them. You can't. They wouldn't understand it. No, they're Democrats. They wouldn't understand it. And so we whittled this list down. And I said, I need your help. I'm, here's what I'm doing. And I'm a conservative Republican. But you've known Ann and I all of our lives. And I'm told that I need to raise $15,000 to start this campaign. And I need it in 15 days we just set some goals back then and Ann was so embarrassed that I was doing this and I gave everybody an exit ramp I said if you don't have to do this but if you would like to I'm fighting for the future of the state of Georgia and if you live in California or you live in some in some place we did graduate school I said maybe you could sense that you had a part in saving our country from 
some ideas that I think would shipwreck us. And I said, I just need this money in 50. I just set a goal. Because if I say, hey, uh, Rick, would you give me some money for this campaign? Sure, You're thinking, yeah, I'll get to it. Someday. So I just set a goal on the 15th. And I got $17,000 in 15 days. I was, I cried, actually. It was very touching to me. And when other legislate, legislators saw what was going on, they began to give. And people have, it's been a wonderful affirmation that I'm where I'm supposed to be, doing what I'm supposed to be, and it feels like a little affirmation from heaven saying, Johnny, I'm with you in this. Keep on going. So that's what gets me up every day to go out on that golf cart in 104-degree <laughs> temperature shaking. and shaking hands and not knowing who's going. So if I would come to your house, Rick, I would look at your house based on your driveway. How hard is it for me to get from my <laughs> golf cart up that steep, if it's a steep driveway, or do you have, once you get up to the top of your driveway, then do I have to walk up steps to get, and then am I walking down? And so I know every- A lot of flat <laughs> driveways, huh? <laughs> I love it when I'm in a day when it's a newer subdivision and they're, and they're uh, smaller, closer together, and I can be in- And oh, they're all the, flat. <laughs> but boy, some of these subdivisions, I'm worn out by the end of the day just I'll trying bet you to get are. there. Well, I know that it, it makes you, I'm, I'm sure, or fairly sure you found out that even if they're Democrat, if they're friends, sometimes they'll get to you. I, if I've had that story repeated dozens of times, I've had some Democrats, and I make no bones about it. I say, hey, I've been the mayor of Lilburn for eight years, and I'm running as a Republican. And I notice, it's all on the uh, voter registration, mm -hmm. I said, I noticed you might not be on our team. But I just wanted to introduce myself because I may be your legislator at some point. Yeah. And I've had uh, persons that are not a part of the party that I affiliate with say, you know, I'm voting for you because you're at my door and you're working and you're coming to ask me and I'm on. It's amazing. It's, isn't it? it's been it's quite, all it's all quite about the touch and the interaction <laughs> yeah. with people. So one, I have to leave right now. i got to go out and get in the golf cart and get going. Yeah. <laughs> well, one final question. But I will be you. out there in another hour. I start at, well, it's noon right now, according to this time. But Gas yeah. or electric? Oh, gas. Oh, you betcha. Yeah. Uh, give me. That's uh, the, wait a minute. That's the golf cart. For right, I understand. The golf cart, <laughs> gas. Really. There's more power in a gas uh, rather than electric yeah, uh, and, golf cart. And it, you can refill real quick, and mm -hmm. electric takes a while. Uh, we've transferred all of our golf carts oh. over to gas. Oh, um, I've got one for sale on uh, November the 4th. <laughs> on November the 4th. There's a lot of things going to be for sale November the 4th, <laughs> including go. the uh, – there's a lot of things going to disappear November 4th, probably including COVID. But that's another story. Um, last question. Give me a glimpse of what your election strategy looks like overall. Say more about that. Well – how your how your election strategy as far as what's your end result and how you're going to i know you're you're knocking on doors mm -hmm. i know that you're visiting with people is there anything else ah. in that strategy that you're going to uh, yes. employ yes and we have a secret weapon ah. that i didn't know i married her <laughs> yeah, I, know I didn't know what is. when i married her that she would be uh, we did a poll a number of weeks ago and we found out that I was in very good shape but one of the places that we needed to bone up would be with women and so our strategy called for uh, 
TV ads. And my campaign staff came and said, Johnny, we're, we've got these TV campaign or these ad buys that we're going to do. We want to do, a, we have a film crew. We'd like to come to your house and we'd like to do it, but we have one problem. You're not going to do it. We need your wife to do it. And so my wife sat at the table and they did this lovely 30 second spot. And she knocked it out of the ballpark. And so that's on. Uh, the Women's Channel, the Food Channel, Fox, CNN, HLM, uh, that sort of thing. Not the sports channels. You know, we, that's, that's specifically targeted to women because the poll said we need to really be. And then they came and said, well, Johnny, you're a nice guy. But we want your wife now to uh, be engaged in <laughs> In this process. You so need help, <laughs> brother. <laughs> That's a nice way of saying it. you need help. So, <laughs> so according, what I did not know is that you take a poll and then you design your strategy according to the numbers you come back. And so, oh, you have to do. You had yeah. you didn't realize that. No, nope. Democrats been doing it for years. Oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> stick your finger up in the air and see what's winning. No, I'm just kidding. Well, I am a novice at this, so I'm taking there. So I wanted this campaign just to be about here's the vision, here's what we're going to do we're going to focus on education human trafficking pro-life issues and transportation and i said look i have no idea i've been to all the transportation meetings that the uh, gwinnett county put up i said but i would love to have a, a voice in that conversation for gwinnett county because in our particular area rick we service a lot of people over at cdc mm -hmm. from lilburn we lilburn mountain park uh, this district stretches from jimmy carter boulevard out to the sonic out on uh, Dogwood, out in Snellville. And then it gets to a place called Lilburn's, Stone Mountain Lilburn. I never knew there was an address, Stone Mountain Lilburn. So it's very, and we have a lot of members from our community that are moving sideways rather than downtown. They're going, is east and west, east is and that? West, yeah. yeah. And so that's the transportation solve problem that I'd like to address based on the community in which we serve. Well, you've got to, you've got to look at, You've got to look at the community you serve. That's what that's what they're electing you to do. That's what you mm -hmm. really you can't focus on the world. You got to focus. You got to pick your battles. Absolutely. And pick your focus. As mayor, I determined that I I'm just a guy that believes we the people. You know, not we the leaders. We the people. The leaders are supposed to serve the people. So I began a town hall meeting, and I did a town hall meeting once a month for the first seven years, first six years, and then we thought, well, the same people were coming to these meetings at a lot of repetitions, so we backed it off to every other month. But I plan, should I be elected, to do town hall meetings like they're everywhere, to hear the people and to have the people have a voice in where we're going so that I could fully represent their interests and know what my interests would be and how we can work together and build that team fantastic approach all right well if anybody wants to get in touch with you or get in touch with your campaign wants to send you a little money wants to send you a mm. little support oh, i didn't know that was a part of this hey we'll do everything mm -hmm. we can how would they get in touch with you and i noticed on your sheet you didn't put any facebooks or twitters or anything like that but if you have any of those we well, didn't say know. that if i would have seen uh, uh, johnny christ for georgia.com uh, where is it say? Oh, Facebook. I see it there. Our website. Oh, there it is. Our website is johnnychrist4georgia.com, and that'll direct you everywhere. All right. You can cool. give on that line. You can see all the position statements and see my wife, which you'll like, and get in on it.
Well, you know, if you're like me, definitely a better look yeah. <laughs> <laughs> than to look at your wife. Oh, well, Johnny, I appreciate it very much. Uh, it's been a uh, great discussion, a great conversation, and uh, I love where you're coming from. And I know that you speak from the heart, and that's one of the things that I've always, always loved about oh, you is you speak from the heart. Well, this has been a real honor to be a part. Thank you, Rick. Well, thank you for joining us on Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. Remember, you can join us live every Wednesday at 1130 in the morning, or you can listen to our show anytime that you want by going to businessradiox.com, clicking on the Gwinnett Studio, and then click on Case in Point. And again, be sure and hit that subscribe button for me so I know you're there. Join us next week at 1130 when we will talk with business leaders about their businesses and related security issues in today's world. Thanks again to my guest, Mr. Johnny Chris, and for our producers, Mike and Amanda. And again, I am Rick Strawn. And remember, at Paradigm Security Services, we cover more than just your assets. 